Hello, everybody, and welcome to No Limits, a PlayStation podcast, episode four, presented by Save the Game Media. I am your host for this week, Sam, and I am, as always, joined by the wonderful Brianna. Hello, Brianna. Hi. (laughs) For those who are interested, remember that you can find this podcast over on youtube.com slash Save the Game Media every Tuesday. And while you're over there, make sure that you subscribe to the channel. It helps us out a lot. But if you'd rather listen to just the audio, we are on all of your favorite podcast services. And we would love it if you could drop us a five-star review. It will help us grow and let us provide even more great content for all of you wonderful people out there. If you'd like to interact with us more, including sending in some questions for us to answer on this show and all of our other shows on the network, join our Discord with the link linked down below. And finally, if you'd like to support and get early access to all Save the Game Media content, head over to patreon.com slash save the game media and choose the tier that is right for you. Just like our current Patreons did. So shout out to Bucky Blue, Hopple, Alpaca Tom and SAZ. Well, with all of that out of the way, Brianna, what have you been playing this week? Um, So I'm going to avoid the obvious one for just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I started playing Chicken Police. <laughs> yes. And it's so cheesy that it's like mm-hmm. wonderful. It's yeah. like it's like like the formula for detective games, except for they're like animals. Uh-huh. With human bodies in like the yeah. weirdest way. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> a, a comedy comedy or a comedic take on LA Noir mixed with Zootopia. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird hodgepodge of ideas, and it really shouldn't work, but it really kind of does. And, but like the thing is, is they like go into like every single trope. Like it's like the detective that like his wife left him because he was too into his job and mm-hmm. took the kid, and like like literally every trope that you can think of, and like the like detective noir like kind of like vibes. It's like it's all of them. And I buddy love cop, it. shady mob uh-huh. boss, all of that stuff. It's it's uh-huh. it's great. Yep. So I'm been I've been playing that, and then obviously mm-hmm. stray. The 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 discourse, the topic of the week, I should say. Um, mm. Of course, you've been playing stray. We will delve into our thoughts a little bit later. Um, how are you in general, though? That's a question that I think oh, we in should general. Ask oh, yeah. okay. In general, I've been feeling great. I updated my PC. Um, I got Ooh. a new monitor. I got a 2K monitor, and then I got a um, 3080 graphics card. For anybody wondering. Um, I am obsessed. I'm a little bit bummed because my old graphics card did have RGB. This one does not, but the rest of my PC parts do. So I still have the RGB look, but just not the RGB graphics card, but my computer's running a million times better. So the sacrifices we make. Yeah. How are you? What have you been playing? I am. I'm doing very well. Um, much better than last week. The heat wave in the UK has subsided, uh, Mm. much to my relief. Um, I have, as always, you know, as as we know now, it is a, a, a typical thing for me to do. Um, I have been delving into the PlayStation Plus catalog. Of course, same as you, playing some Stray. Um, and there's only really been one other thing. I mean, I've delved, I, I tried to get back into Fortnite a little bit, mainly just because there's a Darth Vader character skin mm. that you can unlock i'm like oh i kind of want that <laughs> yeah. um i'm never going to get it because it's like at the end of, you know you have to reach max level or something stupid like that so i'm never going to get it um 
dabbled with a bit of that. And then the only other thing I've played is a really, really obscure thing on the PS3. Um, I am going to completely butcher this pronunciation. So I do apologize in advance, but I'll try my best. It's called Hakuoki Stories of the Shinsengumi. Um, it is a uh, kind of like a visual novel um, mm. where you are choosing, you know, making dialogue choices and interacting with characters. And there is a branching narrative where you can sort of, with with a lot of visual novel type games slash stories, you can, you know, pick a love interest to focus. I was going to say, on. this kind of looks like a dating sim. <laughs> it is very, very similar to that. But it, it uh, I mean, to be fair, most of the narrative paths do end up focusing on the romance side. But there is actually like some sort of um, sort of mythical folklore um, twists to it that you you can see a mile off, but I still think that they did it well. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like finish it necessarily because I don't I don't want to have to necessarily replay through the game like seven or eight times. Um, but I went through one and I sort of you know picked the character that I liked the most and mm. um, their character arc was interesting enough, uh, and I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, probably not enough to compel me to keep playing it, but that's that's i mean it's a really long visual novel like i tested it once i'd finished it so i've technically done two playthroughs um and the second playthrough i just kept my my uh, finger pressed on the fast forward button mm -hmm. and no lie over the course of like two gameplay sessions it maybe took me like four hours oh, to get wow. through the whole thing and this is fast forwarding at like move. quite a pace yeah um but uh, yeah, those are those are the only two games I've been playing um, this week. Uh, well, that's three, including Stray. Anyway, forget about that. Um, <laughs> I suppose, actually, no, that's, that's a perfect segue. Yeah. We are first off jumping into the news, technically not a news topic, other than the fact that Stray has, of course, officially been released. Um, we have, of course, as we both said, played it. We have both finished it. And we are going to break this review of sorts up so right now we're just going to delve into sort of surface level thoughts spoiler free for anybody that's worried and then at the end of the show as we finish talking about the news topics and get into more casual conversation then we'll probably have a bit more to talk about in terms of plot and and what we thought about specific beats or, or moments in in the gameplay so Bree, i'll kick it over to you first you are the the cat queen of the two of us well what did you I think of Stray? Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, what a magical game. I cried several times. And just to be clear, there wasn't really too much sad stuff going on. I just mm -hmm. was like, so excited about this game that like, it was like a video games are cool kind of cry. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I really enjoyed the game. Um, definitely like, genuine 10 out of 10 for me. Um, I think because it's so hard to even talk about like this game you would think that you could like generally talk about it without spoiling too much but like even those like small moments like I really don't want to spoil because mm -hmm. those like little tiny moments even at the very beginning of the game are so magical that it's like it's so hard to discuss the game however I will say the cat is so cute um the game was amazing the graphics were amazing I 
I don't think I even have like a general complaint about the game. Mm -hmm. Um, loved it. What did you think? Um, I'm I'm similarly high on it. I'm probably a little bit lower. I would I would <laughs> definitely put this like somewhere in between an eight and nine for me. Mm. Like I think it is. There is very little wrong with it. Um, I could have, and it, you know, this is me just being a gamer who is always greedy and and wants more. But I, I could have done with it being a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, I I appreciate without spoilers how how the game ends, but I I feel like it didn't quite. It was it was I felt like it was building towards a crescendo, and then this thing happens, and then the game ends. And I felt like maybe if there was just a little bit of something um, on the end there, not necessarily like concretely wrapping up everything, um, but I think that the ambiguity kind of brought it down a little bit for me. And that's really? a general criticism I have where um, I, I love I love games in general, um, regardless of genre, where the... The, the narrative is very heavily interwoven with world building where, you know, the atmosphere and you have to actively look around at things around you to deduce potentially what happened there. Um, you know, Bethesda have, have historically done that very well throughout most of their games. Um, and I would say that that is the case here, but I think it there's a line that is like perfect to balance on where it's vague enough but it still gives you enough pointers to, you know, make sure that you do actually fully understand most of, of the threads. And mm -hmm. this is, this could very well be a subjective thing, but I kind of felt like there were certain, again, this is hard without spoilers, um, <laughs> elements of the narrative slash gameplay that I didn't fully comprehend. Like I got a fair grasp on it, but I was kind of left wanting in terms of, okay, but I'm, I'm not sure I did fully understand this specific thing. Um, and again, that's not a fault on the game because the gameplay itself is great. Like you said, it looks wonderful. Um, I'm I'm glad that it was involved. It, it was part of the catalog is, is where I think I'll end my, um general thoughts i think if this had been a standalone purchase i'm not sure i would have gone for it obviously that depends on what price it would have been um placed at. i think it's 30 dollars that it is you can buy it at separately mm -hmm. currently yeah it's 30 yeah which to be honest i i think is fair like that i but i wouldn't have wanted it to be any higher than that um, even at 30, I'm not sure I personally, just being the sort of person that I am, wouldn't have immediately gone for it um, unless I you know, read the reviews and, and saw how glowing they were, which most are. So, mm -hmm. yeah, for it to be included in the catalogue, it's sort of like a bit of a no-brainer, um, which is the wonderful thing about this subscription service and subscription services in general. You can just try out things and yeah. you'll, you'll likely love this. I think I think there's very little to not for sure. Well, again, it's it's so difficult because I was about to ask <laughs> you a question. I'm like, no, we aren't on the spoiler part. Yeah, we, we can up. go into this in a second, but we yes. got to get to the end of the show. Indeed. So that way people that haven't played can. Mm -hmm. But to, to, to 
accumulate all of our thoughts together. I think we're both very um, together on the fact that it is a really great game. Um, that even if you aren't a cat person, I think, I mean, because I'm not a cat person, but I did well up a few times and I did, you know, really connect with, with the gameplay and, and meowing and, and scratching at things. <laughs> so I, I loved it. Um, yeah. So yes, we, we definitely recommend it, I think is, is safe definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you know what? I just realized we haven't even addressed that Taylor's missing. <laughs> Yeah, Taylor. Taylor was Taylor's um, moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have he access was... to his like recording stuff, so uh -huh. he'll be back next week. We didn't just like devour him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Him that that, that is fair. I probably should have raised that right at the top. <laughs> I just realized because I was like, I was like, I wonder what Taylor's thoughts are on Stray because I haven't heard anything from Taylor about it, mm -hmm. like even in our Discord and stuff. And then I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Taylor's not here. Sorry, sorry guys sorry. yeah sorry taylor oh my god he'll be back yeah. next week he'll be, yeah, back, he'll next be week back next and week and he'll he'll probably do a better job of hosting than i will um <laughs> brie would you like to take this this next story no but i will <laughs> i can take it and then you can take another one uh yeah you I'll do this it. one I'll you do it. this one i'm just so bummed <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> so am i to be fair it, it's it's bad news guys the last of us part one has suffered another round of leaks <laughs> um it's just naughty dog can't seem to catch a break um for people that Who's don't know this i don't they know need, i don't they need know. to be grounded there's, or something there's clearly some kind of vendetta within the studio i assume it's somebody within the studio like i, mean, I, it, I don't know at this know. point it has to be right like you it think can't so. have leaked unless somebody has like some sort of like like they've been hacked and they just haven't even noticed and it's just like yeah. the hacker's been there forever <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Which they again, just have like a because... random login in their system, and they're like, "Yeah, this is chill." <laughs> Naughty dog one two three. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It it's it sucks, and it's weird that PlayStation's essentially most prestige studio is the one that is seemingly repeatedly suffering these brutal leaks. And to be fair. Mm. You know, I mean, obviously, this is a, it's a different story with when the Last of Us Part Two stuff leaked years back, um, prior to release. At least with this, like, it isn't any new information necessarily because mm -hmm. we, or at least we all should have played the Last of Us Part One, um, in some form, whether it's the PS3 original or PS4 remaster. Um, so all the screenshots, like we know the context and we know the characters and whatnot. So yeah. it's not as crushing of a leak, but it is still no, but it's disheartening. Still, yeah, exactly. Like I can't even imagine like the sickening feeling like in like the workers at Naughty Dog, like what mm -hmm. is happening? Why does this keep happening? Like I can't imagine like working so hard on like all of this and just continuously having these leaks. Like they don't get to build those hype moments. Like, yeah, I don't know. The, the one positive I can maybe glean from this is that it's becoming almost beyond parody at this point, the amount of mm -hmm. things that are leaking out of Naughty Dog, where at this point they will actively and, you know, somehow figure it out to crack down on wherever these leaks are coming from so that when it gets to a point of them, you know, uh, doing an unveiling properly of, of the Factions game or, God forbid, their new IP, which we definitely don't want leaked ahead of time. I don't want that leaked, please. Um, Whoever's leaking, please don't leak that. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Naughty. Naughty. Um, hey, pun intended. 
Hey, <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, yeah, it, it it sucks, but hopefully, you know, it's happened with a title that we basically know one hundred percent the details of, um, mm -hmm. rather than a brand new thing, which would be even worse, I think, for both us and for Naughty Dog in general. Mm -hmm. um, so, so sort it out, sort it out. Whoever whoever has to sort it out, figure it out, because it's it's not good. It's it's not mm -hmm. good. Leaks in general, I think, are, are bad, but um, it, it really sucks and it hurts to see naughty dog um being being the victim of it um, mm -hmm. more so than anybody else but speaking of the last of us part one we know that it will cost 70 dollars um at launch you can pre-order now if you're interested on on various websites um various editions i think as well are available but this is kicking up some controversy brianna what a shock hey People are getting angry on the internet. Who would have guessed? <laughs> Who Goodness would have me. thought? <laughs> um, people are saying that it is a, a cash grab of sorts, that it is mm. just a visual upgrade, that it should be like 40 to $50 max, that kind of thing. And in response, an animator who worked on The Last of Us Part 1, um, Robert Morrison, he claimed on Twitter, and I'm quoting him here, this is the most meticulously built and crafted project that I have ever seen or been a part of in my entire career. The highest level of care and attention to detail possible, end quote. Um, this is a very contentious thing, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I have flip-flopped back and forth um, on which side of the fence I'm on. Uh, I have, I am on a side currently. Do you think, Brie, that from what you've seen, at least, um, officially or unofficially, that The Last of Us Part 1 is worth $70? Mm, okay, so this is a very interesting, because I think there's several layers to this. Mm -hmm. um, do I personally feel that the game is worth $70? Um I mean, I guess we'll have to actually see it to know. Like, I think that that final call will be made, like, when I obviously, I'm obviously going to buy it, you know mm. what I mean? And play it. Like, there's, like, I just love Last of Us too much to just not. But I wonder if there's something else in the game that they're not telling us about. Interesting. And that's where those that extra is coming from. Additionally, I do want to say that it does have the DLC wrapped in, which I think mm -hmm. the DLC and the game, if you'd bought them separately, were more than the 70. Um, because I think the DLC was 20, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so I think generally, I think, yes, it would be worth 70. However, I do reserve the right to change that <laughs> <laughs> when I play it. And I'm like, all right, this is the same thing. This wasn't worth it you know mm -hmm. I, but i'm i i think i honestly do think it will be worth it because the way that the original game was made and like when it was made i have a feeling that they like really made most of these assets from the ground up if not had to go in and edit all of the assets to um get this graphical upgrade that they did mm -hmm. yeah um i i'm interestingly currently on the opposite side where mm -hmm. I, and to, to clarify, actually, before I get negative, in a vacuum, I think that if you just say, is The Last of Us a game that is worth $70? Like, it's it, the answer is yes. Yeah, it's say. worth more. The experience yeah, is worth exactly. that. Um, yeah. Like, in a vacuum, it is 100% worth that money. 
But I think obviously and this is a very subjective thing in terms of how much um, you know runway you've had with the Last of Us franchise up to this point. I think if you are brand new to the Last of Us and you haven't played it before, um, then yes, like you should get this. It is one of the greatest games of all time. This is seemingly going to be the you know absolute best way to play it. Um, so it's a no-brainer. But for me, being somebody who has played obviously both the PS3 original and the PS4 remaster, um, I can't necessarily justify it for me. Um, like it, it's so hard because my heart is like, but it's the last of us, Sam, you know. Um, but then I, I think I mean. I should have clarified again. Sorry, horrible, horrible hosting skills. Um, Taylor, please <laughs> come back ASAP. Um, the in response to the leaks, or seemingly in response to the leaks, uh, Naughty Dog did release about a 10 minute video, um, breaking down the accessibility features included, um, some of the new, uh, sort of regular features that have been added, like enhanced photo mode. Um, a model viewer. There's obviously PS5 improvements in terms of the haptics and 3D audio. Um, a permadeath mode, speedrun so mode. What that is? But does that just oh. mean you just like have to start over from the beginning? I think so. I think if, oh, you, wow. if you die, you just get booted. That's going to be a no game. for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad at games. <laughs> sounds rough. I mean, there will be, be people who probably do it first time, and that's scary. Yeah. Um, but yes, they they released this video, and obviously it included a a not necessarily substantial amount, but a, a fair amount of um, gameplay footage. Um, and to me, it doesn't quite appear to be what I was hoping it was going to be. Obviously, we've speculated in in previous um, episodes of this podcast about you know what is what are they going to include obviously we we knew that as you say left behind the the DLC was going to be included which is great um i think it was actually included as well in the ps4 remaster i think mm -hmm. that was bundled it in was. as well yeah um but uh, no that's always a good thing to get all of the content previously available for a game um but it doesn't appear that the actual gameplay has been significantly enhanced in any way maybe some of the sort of movement animations and transi transitional things where you're you know squeezing between something to get something maybe that appears more fluid and natural um at least from what we've seen you know to, again to clarify um but i just i you know the we talked about joel going prone and mm -hmm. joel being able to dodge and Whilst technically they haven't outright come and told us that he can't, I feel like that's something they probably would have shown if he could, if they have released this video about, you know, gameplay and accessibility and, and the generalized improvements. Um, but instead they focused a lot on the, the visual upgrades. And whilst they are stunning, you know, that's without a doubt, um, it is heartbreakingly to me and this is going to sound preposterous when I say it. it. It is giving me more of a vibe of a really like almost greatest of all time remaster as opposed to an actual legitimate remake. Mm. Um, and that, you know, the Shadow of the Colossus remake didn't necessarily iterate or improve the gameplay, and that was still great. 
I'm sure this is going to be great because it's The Last of Us, but I I can't see what the justification is other than to bring in new people who haven't played it before. But for somebody who has bled that game dry multiple times, I just there isn't enough there to necessarily want to draw me back in day one. Yeah, I mean, I have played this game several times as well, so I definitely get it. And it's like, you also have to remember the people that have already bought the game. Like, I've already bought the game twice, so this mm -hmm. will be like the third time buying the game. Uh, so I, I like, I definitely get it that it's like maybe not necessarily worth like buying again for people that have already played it. But again, I'm really wondering if there's going to be like, what if they're just admitting to what's been leaked and there's something else? Um I like specifically again I don't remember these people's names but there's like a story that you follow as you go through the game that's um told like diegetically through like the pages that you read um mm. and I'm wondering like if we get anything more on those people or if we get like I don't know like I'm wondering if we're going to get more information or more details since mm. like they can expand the game now I don't know like they don't have like a reason to not add stuff to the game I guess yeah, oh. no, you're absolutely right. And I suppose, you know, if you're we're contextualizing this in the larger Last of Us world of entertainment with the show coming, we know that the show isn't going to be a one for one retelling of the last, the first Last of Us. There are going to be new characters, new story threads, that kind of thing. So maybe, maybe, I mean, I feel like we're kind of setting ourselves up for disappointment. We might that. be, but, but even if there's nothing added, I I don't know. I still love Naughty Dog and they can like take my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing, the other thing that I do like want to contextualize is like, this is all just like a, a, like kind of like a debate because the thing is, is like with any artistic thing, like obviously we don't need any of this. So whatever mm. they want to charge is like what's best. It's like, yeah that i don't know if you've heard that like song on tiktok is like it, it says it costs that much because it takes me hours yeah and it's like it's kind of like the mantra of like artists like don't ask me why my art's priced this way like this is like the price i'm willing to sell for mm -hmm. so obviously like they're they're able to sell it for whatever they think is is worth that it's worth so absolutely very true Speaking of Naughty Dog, we have an ex-alumni coming in. Yes, Bree, yes, would you yes. like to take this? I would this love story? to take this. This story makes me so happy. Um, I threw you under the bus. I was like, you take this ad story. <laughs> <laughs> so former Uncharted and Last of Us co-director Bruce Straley forms a new studio. Um, he announced on Twitter that he's returning to the games industry and forming his own studio, Wildflower Interactive. Uh, the studio was formed around the idea of providing developers a secure and safe place to grow their careers as well as their personal lives while creating games. Um, their website, for anybody that's wondering, is wildflowergames.com. The website is so pretty. As you scroll down, like a bunch of animations happen, just go visit just for fun. Um, they are hiring, though. Um, it is 100% remote environment. So if there's any devs listening, um definitely check that out because this seems like this will be a really great place to work it seems like bruce is really about the not about the crunch life and and toxic work workplace life mm -hmm. so um this last piece says quote we have an exciting partner that supports what we're doing and is going to help us reach the broad broadest audience possible so mm. that leaves a lot of people open for possibilities is that a publisher is that like sony microsoft what are we looking at? So that's yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's so many interesting parts to this. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, he's 
a very experienced um, developer with a lot of prestige behind him. But I think that the most exciting thing is that this is kind of what um, myself and a lot of people have kind of idealized about where these massive AAA studios just for for fun and for creative fulfillment decide to do smaller, more artistic projects, you know, rather than mm -hmm. these massive blockbusters, which are great. But um, no, I, I always like little side projects that are interesting. You're seeing that with uh, Obsidian doing Pentiment now alongside, uh, you know, Outer Worlds and... Um, what else are they working on? Oh God, grounded and avowed, and God knows what else. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this. But the, the, the part, the partner, who, who's the partner? You know? I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested to know who this partner is. Why they're anonymous? Mm -hmm. Um, like I don't know. Like they're just like an exciting partner. Like who? <laughs> you, you think know. because he's alumni of Sony that then there is like a, a, an ingrained relationship there yeah but who knows like because he like i mean i don't know for sure but there's a potential that he could have burned bridges there like not that it would have necessarily been his fault or their fault or like whatever like there's always a potential like that that is what happened mm -hmm. when he left so i don't know like it could be sony it could also be like he's like yo microsoft <laughs> well i mean the part about you know that the the partner is going to help us reach the broadest audience possible. Mm -hmm. I like feel like that, it has to be a huge one. That reeks of Microsoft. Of Microsoft is Xbox, PC. Mm -hmm. You know, Game Pass, all of that kind of thing. And Game Pass what is a great place Steam? for indie titles. True, true, or Epic, I suppose. Yeah. Um, they kind of Could be serve one of the, the same stores. purpose. Yeah, fit what fit that description as well. Specifically, I guess I mean Valve. I Steam is True. just like but. yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean it could that be a is, lot of people. Yeah, it's worded in a way that there isn't really much to discern from it. Mm -mm. But for them to announce already, like as they announce the studio itself, that they have a partner for their first project, hmm. gives yeah, me. Yeah, I wonder. It gives I wonder me if that's like a we're gonna thing. hear about it more. Yeah, I think we definitely will at some point. But I also wonder if they're saying that, like, hey, like, we're not just, like, not going to pay you kind of thing. Like, we have somebody backing us. Like, I wonder if that's to get developers to come kind of statement. True. It True. could just be something like that or it could be something really exciting. I don't know. It's like, like you said, it's so ambiguous. I don't know. I just really, I'm really excited about the formation of the studio. Not only is it, like, great to see, like, huge developers that worked on, like, some of the craziest titles, like, come together and, like, have this, like, safe work environment mm -hmm. um but also just to see like the studio creator on the idea of a safe work environment it's like it's really good to see like positive things happening in the games industry when we always hear about like sexual harassment lawsuits we always hear about like like people treating their workers like crap like i don't know like the games yeah. industry really does need to change and for me wanting to be a game dev at some point um this is like really heartening so mm -hmm. And also, like, we're seeing it across the industry where a lot of veterans are forming their own smaller studios. And, you know, again, very good news that they are most of the time getting partnerships. You know, Haven with Jade Raymond, obviously they got acquired by Sony. 
um deviation has i'm blanking on his name um glenn glenn Schofield, i think no is that mm, that I'm might be sure. that might be callisto protocol the guy who, who who did a lot of call of duty he's doing deviation mm. and they've partnered with sony as well so and now with wildflower they have a partnership i i'm glad that and there could be a negative side to this i guess you could be pessimistic and think that the 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 conglomerates corporations are still having a chokehold on these new indie studios but if we're being optimistic we are saying that they are understanding the value of these kind of indie dev studios in the space and supporting them to make sure that their their visions can be realized whatever they end up being yeah for sure you know who i realized we didn't throw out nintendo it doesn't Ooh. feel like a nintendo thing but like also like it could be a really cool thing if it was nintendo that is a wild card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly, because of his his history and and what he is specifically co directed. Mm -hmm. Regardless like Sony. of the, yeah, but I mean, regardless of the scope of the game, I think the the narrative elements of it are going to be excellent. Even if it's mm -hmm. like a really again a really vague narrative, I think that. If he's if he co-directed Uncharted and The Last of Us, like those are some chunky narrative stuff, you know, really mm -hmm. good, juicy things. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I can't wait, obviously, to hear to hear what this team is working on, and hopefully, it is as inclusive and safe a space as as they are proclaiming it to be, mm -hmm. um, because all devs, regardless of who they are, deserve that. Yes, yes, they do. Amen. <laughs> On to the next story, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's your turn. Indeed. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Sony has partnered with Spin Master to create official PlayStation merchandise. Uh, Spin, uh, Spin Master, I was about to say Spin Meister. Um, <laughs> Spin, Spin Meister. Uh, Spin Master announced today. Um, I'm reading from PlayStation Lifestyle, uh, that it has entered a new licensing agreement with Sony. This includes titles like God of War Horizon, The Last of Us, and Uncharted. The company says it plans to create products, and I quote, in the action figure, collectible, playset, plush, roleplay, vehicles, RC, and games and puzzles in uh, categories. This is This is so thing. bizarre. <laughs> like, it's It's bizarre. <laughs> But it's also great. Like I think yeah. that PlayStation has such a great library of varied IP, as much as some people might argue the the opposite. Um, but they don't really capitalize on it. I mean, you get the stuff mm -hmm. like you know Funko Pops, and you can get display metal posters, and that's about the extent of it. Maybe you can get like a you know a really high cost resin statue of Jin Sakai from Ghost of Tsushima or something but to have to, to do a partnership with somebody like Spin Master who is typically far more affordable and varied in terms of the products that they produce like I'm all for this like it's weird mm -hmm. and it's out of nowhere but I'm yeah down. it's just like it's so random like it's just like kind of like oh hey we're doing toys I don't know I I'm very interested to see like where they go with this I think mm -hmm. like I, I really like I love puzzles. My dad and I like to do puzzles together. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, otherwise, I don't really know, like specifically like with the plush, like 
like they're not going to do like a last of us plush set or at least i hope they wouldn't so it's like is it going to be like ratchet and clank is it going to be like, like yeah where are they going? i think it, i think it will be those kind of things um i think they'll very much tailor um you know a specific franchise to a specific kind of merch you know yeah um, and there will be like general things like i mean it doesn't necessarily list it here but I can't imagine that there won't be some kind of like clothing things done here. Oh, I hope um, so. Clothing is like that's that's what they'll get me. I mean, you know, they they do say role play here. Yeah, which is like mm, maybe cosplay stuff. Yeah, like official costumes. Mm -hmm. Um, are we going to get a Kratos paint set? I'm down. <laughs> They're like Body eye paint. palette set. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, I, I'm I'm really interested. Again, this could yeah. literally mean like anything. Um, but I guess within the context of of Sony, you know, pushing a lot of their IP into TV and film, it also kind of correlates that um they would want merchandise in various forms to support not only the, the video games themselves, but also these new depictions of them in, in other mediums. Yeah. Um give me an Astrobot board game. Okay, <laughs> okay. If that's, <laughs> I was like, I'm looking. For... I was like, I said Astrobot, and then I looked at all of the things that they said, and I, I haven't Astrobot any of those things. So I just picked, I just picked board game. Mm, I still have not like played Astrobot or like like Playroom or anything. Like I haven't touched it. So <laughs> you can't be mad at me this week. I finished a game this week. You did. You did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Swallow it down. I'm going to bring it back up next week. Yeah, you can <laughs> come back. Be that much more bitter. Mm -mm. Um, okay. <laughs> but no, is I, there like, do you have like an ideal outcome of this? Like, you know what? Like, out of all of these things, like an Aloy action figure that's super detailed is like is what I need. Like, I don't know. Like, what's your like? Um, no, not necessarily. Nothing's um specifically coming to mind i think you know again even some of these categories that they've they specified are kind of vague in and of themselves like what does collectible mean like because mm -hmm. what's the delineation between an action figure and a collectible because a collectible could technically be like a statuette of a character but then mm -hmm. sometimes that's also called an action figure that is posable you know it could be um, like weapons and stuff because weapons wouldn't fall under like the action figure so it could true. be like replicas of like aloy's weapon or yeah know, stuff like yeah, that yeah true I um i again it kind of depends on like pricing because even though I said that Spin Master is, is typically more affordable than potentially other merch um, avenues for video game memorabilia, um, because they are specifically entering a partnership with Sony, I can see them spinning it as like the premium line, and therefore they feel they're warranted to charge more. So Maybe it's, yeah, who knows? Like if it if it's affordable, I will I will buy probably a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, I can't tell you exactly what that is right now, but I will buy a lot of stuff impulsively most of the time, and regret <laughs> it later on. Um, I know. I like. I seriously. I'm like. I almost bought that stray um, harness last week. I was thinking about it. Isn't wasn't that like two hundred or something? Yeah, it was an insane amount of money. Well, at least it you was had like one hundred and thirty. Yeah, for now. Yeah. For now. 
Yeah. We'll see how long it's on sale and if it, <laughs> if it comes back around. The thing is, is that like, I don't have like my cat that I have now doesn't go anywhere. Like she, she doesn't go outside. Mm-hmm. But if I were to get another cat oh. that I was like trying to train to go outside, because she's like, she's like, oh, she's almost 11 years old. So it's yeah. like, I could train her to go outside, but she would be very upset with me. But if I get another cat, well, I have regretted Maybe. not purchasing this artist. That's it. That's it. You know, you've got a future proof. That's what I was thinking, but I, I resisted. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very susceptible to buying these kinds of things, too. I think, like, action figures specifically makes me feel like more like toy figures. I would be sure. much I would much rather have, like, figurines, like, like the full, like, detail stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the puzzles is, like, probably where they're going to get me. Yeah. Like if they had like a puzzle, you know that like moment in Last of Us, the first one where you like go out over the buildings and all the buildings are like covered in like greenery. Like if they had like a puzzle mm. moment of that, like I would definitely buy that. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're gonna they're <laughs> gonna get us one way or the other. There's gonna be something that they have on this, this line. Is good news, but bad news for our wallets, I guess. Indeed, indeed. Sony robbing us yet again. <laughs> um, on to the next story. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Detroit Become Human is getting a manga spinoff. Ooh. Woo. Okay. So they're beginning a manga spinoff adaptation in Japan with a story set in Tokyo at the same time period as the game. Um, as reported by Famitsu, uh, Detroit Become Human Tokyo Stories is written by Saruwatari Kazami and drawn by Moto Sumida. Uh, the story follows an android idol known as Reina. And like the game before it, explores what happens when these robots gain independent thoughts and feelings. Um, they did give a little bit more detail on the story, but I didn't include that here because I don't like if people want to go in blind, like I don't really want to like get that. But you can go look at more. Um, IGN had an article that kind of detailed like further details into what they're going into for the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so interested in this idol thing, especially since idols are so huge in Japan. Like obviously like Hatsune Miku comes to mind and stuff like that. So kind of seeing like how these idols have become like like a Hatsune Miku kind of figure kind of gaining independent thoughts and feelings and like what happens with that. And yeah, this sounds so interesting. Yeah, like I'm kind of 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 two minds with this because there is um, like this inherent thing whenever I think of any Quantic Dream title, I'm like, oh, no, that's a really toxic workplace. Oh, dear. But, yeah. like, devoiding it from that, Detroit Become Human is probably my favorite title from them. Um, and I think that just the concept in and of itself is inherently interesting and right mm-hmm. with storytelling potential. And, yeah, like, set in Tokyo, again, an, an Android idol, like... I I I can't necessarily visualize exactly what that is, like not in terms of what an idol is, but in terms of how this actually presents itself as as a manga. But I'm I'm interested. Like you right. got me. You, you I'm Ryan Sinker. I'm really hoping for something um, more like um, like the director, uh, like the guy that did Paprika and Tokyo Godfathers, and um perfect blue like i'm hoping they're like gonna go for that kind of story where it's like crazy stuff happens so that's what i'm hoping for but i guess we'll see where it goes i'm super interested i recently started collecting manga um you can kind of see it like over there but yeah um so i will probably be purchasing this not that i've played detroit become human but 
I'm very interested in the manga. So I know, I know. I so know. I'm swallowing it for next week. Next week. <laughs> I <sighs> listen. Listen. It's okay. I won't hold it. <laughs> it's, it's a bit. I'm joking. No, I know. I know. But I also like, I feel, I don't want to say I feel guilty, but there's a lot of stuff I haven't played and like a lot of classic movies that I haven't watched that every time it comes up, I'm like, I probably should watch that. But like, the times passed. The one that really upsets me is um the stepbrothers because when that movie came out, everybody was like, Oh, this movie's so funny. But now when you ask people about it, it's like, oh, I missed that movie. Everybody's like, oh, it wasn't that good. Like you didn't really miss out on much. But at the time everybody was so hyped about it. So it's like it's now so far gone. But that one wasn't my fault. I wasn't allowed to watch that. Because okay. it was a rated our movie when it came out and and I wasn't allowed to watch rated our movies at the time. But I'm still bummed that I missed that one. You you okay? I'll let you off the hook on that one. That's fine. But the others, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> you could take it out on. I hate my friends. <laughs> yes, I think the one thing in terms of this story that is the most interesting to me is that obviously, for people that aren't aware, Detroit Become Human is very much a sort of choose your own adventure narrative decision making game. What what does that look like when that aspect of the narrative is removed, where you don't necessarily have that much, if any, agency over where the story goes? Now that, I mean, you know, it's not even discussed here, but that could be, I mean, I, I, I'm not well versed into manga, but I think maybe there is an opportunity to almost like... Um, and I might, I might be completely talking out of my ass here, so please shut me down if I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. But I kind of feel like there might be potential viability in doing something similar to like a a Dungeons and Dragons um, narrative book, mm. where you read through it, and there are parts of the thing that you're reading through where you are kind of presented a choice of like, do you go down the left corridor or the right? Uh, so like a classic choose your adventure book. Yeah. And you could then jump to a different section of the manga that would depict that. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I was thinking that too, because like they, they definitely, they could do it. Like they 100% hmm. could do it. However, um, I think like with how big manga are, like, I mean, I've got one like right here. So like, this is like a normal size for a manga um like there's not really like many choices you could fit in this so it would have to be like a either a chunky volume or like they wouldn't do it and they would yeah. just be like this is the story we're telling so as much as i want to choose your own adventure manga like that sounds like amazing mm -hmm. i i hesitate to say that they would actually do it Fair enough. But either way, you know, again, it, it does sound really interesting. I think that they've picked mm -hmm. a good IP to to do a, a spin-off of and they've 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 set the, the ground for something really quite exciting, I think. Yeah. The final news story that one's of you. the week. Got it. Platinum Games is working on several unannounced projects. Um again, I may butcher this name. I'm I'll try. I'll try. That, well, there we go. She's done it for me. <laughs> Atsushi Inaba, the president of Platinum Games. <laughs> Indeed. He has done a new interview with Mitsu revealing that, and I quote, there are a few other unreleased titles, some of which are on the brink of production and some of which are still in their infancy, end quote. But they cannot give any specific details at this time. 
So we know that they are currently working on three projects, one of which is Bayonetta 3, obviously, um, coming out in October. Uh, Project mm -hmm. GG, and then a new IP. Uh, Inava uh, described them, apologies, as being, quote, large-scale projects. Uh, Inava also expresses an interest in increasing the company size, which currently sits at just shy of 300 employees. Um, and in order to accommodate all of the new projects, he would bring new people in with a future goal being 1,000 total employees. Yeah. Yep. How exciting. I know. I literally wrote, I was like, near, please. <laughs> I don't think, because the new IP obviously wouldn't be near. Mm -hmm. So it would have to be Project GG. But that doesn't sound like a near game. No. So I don't think it's near, but I want it so bad. I just want more near. <laughs> I mean, I think I think with the, the popularity and and the continuing sort of acclaim for for Nia, th th there will be another one. But we know <laughs> that they, they aren't going to let this franchise just stop now um, after Replicant and whatnot mm -hmm. doing relatively well. You know, it, it reviewed very well, and um, people that played it loved it. I still don't think it's necessarily gotten as mainstream as it deserves to be. But um, that that is the case with with games of this ilk, where there, there is this kind of incorrect perception that it is, you know, for for Japanese markets or for mm -hmm. for um, Eastern Europe markets potentially, and not necessarily so much for the West, which is incorrect because anybody in the West that has played near, I would hope, adores it. Um, but the, you know, they are working on these titles, and I think it's it's pertinent as well to throw in here that um earlier last week i believe uh there was a rumor that was gaining traction that platinum games have unfortunately approached xbox um for funding and publishing rights of, of their next title <laughs> i don't i have <laughs> i have a laptop but it probably can't run anything not one of those games um Yes, the Platinum has, has approached Xbox for funding and publishing rights. I'm reading from Game Rant, by the way, if people are interested, um, suggesting that the team might have an idea for an impressive uh, project down the line. Um, obviously, this doesn't necessarily concrete evidence anything, but it is coming from the same person who leaked the information about um, Project Overdose, the, the Hideo Kojima project, uh, a month or so ago before the Xbox showcase. You know, it's interesting that Platinum is able to, like, form these, like, relationships with different, like, publishers because they have Bayonetta is obviously, like, Switch only. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that they're, like, we have one Switch only. We have one that, like, kind of is, like, in line with, like, PlayStation stuff. And now they're, like, going to go talk to Microsoft. It's just, like, taking everybody's money. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's kind of like an not that I'm necessarily saying the studios are, are identical in any sense, but it, it's very similar in fashion to like a From Software, mm -hmm. where not necessarily that FromSoft has, you know, shopped around their, their various games exclusively to different uh, publishers, with the exception of, of Bloodborne, obviously. Um, but it, I, it, it, it's reflective of Platinum Games' talent that they have the wherewithal and the the cards and the chips on the table so to speak where they can yes partner up on a singular game with a publisher but not necessarily be then beholden to that publisher in the future because mm -hmm. um, some people do tend to find that they fall into that trap of oh well now we are associated now we can only release games on this system um, mm -hmm. 
I do wish that Bayonetta would come to things other than the Switch. Um, <laughs> I know, you know, it kind of, I like, it kind of deserves like to have like those bigger screens. That's it. Higher graphics that's it. and stuff. So. Not just that, like, I, I'd love to see how it runs on something like a PS5 or, or just the high end PC even. But that, again, like you say, that those IP deserve as much exposure as possible. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. Like, Platinum Games really does have, like, the, like, their games are all fantastic. But mm -hmm. everybody's, like, when people see Bayonetta, they're like, oh, I don't know, that kind of looks weird. And so it doesn't get as much exposure already because, like, people are, like, already off put by, like, the concept of these games. And then, like, on top of that, they're, like, not even across, like, all the platforms. So they're losing out on more. And Platinum Games is, like, their games are fantastic. So mm -hmm. they deserve it. They deserve do you think, potentially, before we round out this news story, do you think that there is potential in the future that, that they could, similarly as they have seemingly done with Xbox Approach PlayStation for exclusive publishing mm -hmm. slash funding works? If they did, it would probably be near... Um, would be mm -hmm. my guess. I think yeah. that that's probably their their PlayStation franchise or something that's like along the lines of Near. I can't remember the because I I didn't play it, but there's like the other franchise that came before Near that like led into Near. I can't remember yeah. the name of it right now. Um, so it could be something else like that as well, where it's like they they move into a new franchise that's like based on Near, but like you know what I mean. Anyway, so like I, I think that that would be what they would approach PlayStation with. I don't think they will at this point. I'm having a hard time thinking like, I don't know. I just feel like most publishers at this point, not that they're going to avoid PlayStation because obviously PlayStation is very successful, but I have a hard time saying that they'll be exclusive on PlayStation because Microsoft has the like, has the PC store. And so you, they get way more sales like added on because of the PC, whereas PlayStation, they're starting to delve into that partnership, like with steam and stuff like that, but it's, it's not at the same level that Microsoft is. So I don't think that platinum games would do that to themselves. Yeah. I don't think, I, I think, what do you think? Well, I think, I think I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think that the only possibility of that happening is in the long term and I, ideally, I would imagine for for Platinum, when they have kind of reached that future goal of you know having a massive surge in employees and therefore likely being able to work on even more concurrent projects, I think that is where the possibility of a PlayStation deal could come in, um, mm -hmm. but not in the short term. Definitely not. I, I wouldn't say. Yeah. Well, with that we have wrapped up all of the news stories this week we and we move into the limitless portion of the show <laughs> where we talk about anything anything that goes anything goes but um, we tend to try and angle them towards maybe thoughts and feelings about some of the news stories we talked about and anything interesting that's happened in our lives the first question we have Bree. As we talked about the remake of The Last of Us Part 1 today, dropping at $70, how do you feel in general about the pricing of video games in today's market? Mm, I remember. So I've been listening to PlayStation podcasts for a very, very long time, about 10 years now. Um, 
So I remember when games were always 70 and then they started talking about like what could the games market become if they can drop at $20, if they can drop at $30, because then those indie titles have like more room to have something that's not like necessarily like an Apple store, like $5 like game, but yeah. could potentially be something more. And I think we're now at that point, right? Like games, it's very normal for a game to be $20 or at least 30, 40. Like we are now seeing, I'd say $50 is weird. I haven't seen that one, but <laughs> I think in general, we kind of have like that. Now we now have that range of games um, where the, the developers and publishers are able to say, Hey, I think this is what this game is worth um, and kind of set their own price. And also it allows like games, like more of that creative freedom where they feel like they don't necessarily like have to make a $60 game mm -hmm. and then they have to make that game worth it. And then if it's not worth it, like everybody's like, how dare you? This is like a $20 game because yeah. now they can just sell it at 20. So I I'm really enjoying this new pricing. Um, and I think that we need to see games go above $70 as well. Um, I or above 60, excuse me, because at some point, like there's going to be games that just have so much more in them that mm -hmm. are going to be worth it. And we, I want to see those games. So what do you yeah. think? I, you took the words out of my mouth, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird. There's kind of like this two pronged thing with video game prices and the discourse surrounding it, where it is what you said, whereby, you know, I mean, we talked about today, Stray, it's $30. It's not 70 um and i said that that's a fair price for it and you know i think you you get your money's worth and that i don't think that they would be overcharging at that cost obviously i didn't pay for it because i got it as part of the subscription um but uh i maybe would have paid 30 i would have considered it for sure um but there's this weird not even misconception because i don't think that people genuinely believe it but it's just what happens when people talk about video game prices is that they act as if every game that comes up is $70 now, mm -hmm. which is categorically incorrect. It's only correct if you explicitly and exclusively only play AAA releases day one from major publishers. Mm -hmm. um, and even then, that's not necessarily a rule of thumb. Like there have been titles that, I mean, I can't necessarily draw one to my head, but if I think of um, Immortals Phoenix Rising from Ubisoft, that was, I believe, I may be incorrect, um, somewhere between 50 and 60 on release. And that was not necessarily the AAA of AAA, but it was from Ubisoft. It was from a renowned team. Um, and they didn't charge 70. But even if they did, even if they did, I think the fact that... People are absurd to think that paying something like $70 for a complete polished game is, you know, asking too much of them. Yeah, I like, think the people that say that don't really understand, like, what goes into making video games yeah. and how much time it makes or how much time it takes. Because you got to think, like, one person, just one person works on this game for like, let's say like three years, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's just like a conservative number. That's just one person. So that's three years of man hour, like 40 hours a week, 
assuming they have vacation time and stuff, like that's a lot of man hours for just one person. And then you have to multiply that by how many employees they actually have, which is probably 100 to 300, maybe 500 if it's like a huge game. So you got to think about how many man hours are going into that game and they're asking you to pay like $60, $70 and that's it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how games are funded because I'm like, how are they this cheap? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's bizarre. And the fact that they haven't increased as the, I mean, you know, we see this typical jump from 60 to 70 um, over the course of the previous generation um, as we head to PS5, but how they haven't already exceeded 70, I am baffled by. Obviously as a consumer, mm-hmm. I'm relieved because it means I have to spend less to get the games. Like that's always a good thing for the consumer, but for the industry as a whole, like you say, I'm not necessarily sure that it's sustainable in the long term, and the devs deserve their dues Mm -hmm. because like the way I always contextualize it for people that maybe struggle to understand why $70 is absolutely justified is if you go to a, a, a cinema or a theater, um, for, for people in America. I mean, I guess maybe you call it cinema as well. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm naive over theater. here in the UK. Yeah, okay, good. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you would have understood cinema, but anyway. Yeah, no, we know um, what cinema is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, we're just in the, we're in the medieval ages over here. We just don't know what's going on in the rest of the well, world. I, you know what, honestly, like we call everything the same thing. Like uh, it's like theater and theater. And how are you supposed to know the difference between the two? There's no way. Which I, so I think that's so where cinema is. But no, it's if you go movie, if you go to a, a cinema slash movie theater, you if you want to have a full blown experience, you will typically pay probably between twenty to thirty if you want to buy food and drinks and snacks and all of that thing uh, on top of the tickets and what you have maybe at most a three hour experience. And you're perfectly happy doing that because everybody goes to the movie theater. But you're not willing to pay 70 for a game that might arguably, obviously context dependent, last you 30 to 40 hours. It's oh, just yeah. Like- and you have to think of games like Elden Ring that are at like the same price point. And like I've already put 100 hours and I'm not even done. My, like- my counter when I was working on it for IGN reached 375 hours. Yeah. So it's like where where does your logic in terms of valuation come from where you are perfectly content doing 20 to 30 for a two to three hour experience but you're not okay doing a 70 dollar thing for maybe a 30 40 onwards game that you can also have the luxury of enjoying in your own home Mm -hmm. you don't have to go anywhere to experience it you can have it freely readily available even digitally if you are that way inclined it's just absurd. So yeah, 70, just shut up, accept it. It's great. Yep. And also, don't you want to see like what a $100 game looks like? Yeah. I do. Yeah. The more you pay, arguably, and hopefully, um, most of the time, the better quality it's going to be. The more yeah, stuff I know. I, I want to see like, what, what does that game look like? What is a AAA game that's like $100? Can you imagine like a Naughty Dog game that they're like, this is a $100 game? Yeah. Like. <laughs> right that sounds exciting i don't know i i want to see where the games is i'm so this is such a great time i love video games (laughs) and and it's like it's not like we're endorsing capitalism or anything by saying that it's just that this is how it works you have to pay Mm -hmm. something to get a product 
and it sh the price should reflect, as you said at the very beginning, the effort that went into making that product. Mm -hmm. And if we're talking explicitly about PlayStation titles, um, first party, which tend to be the ones priced at $70, you're pretty much guaranteed a high level of quality. So you know what you're buying into. So it's like, I don't know where the argument against it really is. Um, if you don't want to pay $70 for a game, don't. Then don't, yep. <laughs> oh, I'm going to ask this one. Okay. Ooh. I'm so excited because I'm, I'm like, I don't think that we'll be able to discuss this for very long, but I want to know. Um, so any franchises you would like to see get turned into a manga or anime or have a spinoff? This is obviously coming off of like the Detroit Become Human manga. I'm wondering mm -hmm. like, what does that look? I guess you could also go with like a comic, but I feel like there's been a lot of video game comics already. So yeah. Um, again, there's there's so many directions my brain fires off into, and I'm not even necessarily explicitly a, a, a fan or, or a, a consistent viewer slash consumer of manga and anime. But something that when I read this question for the for the first time, I thought, yep, this is it. I would love, 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 love to see uh, an anime version slash spin-off of something within the infamous universe from, from Sucker Punch. Um, I think that obviously the, the, the power set that the characters have in any of the games, it could be a brand new character, I don't care. Um, but to see those kind of powers depicted in a, in a really visually unique and dynamic way in an anime, um, I, I'm just there for. Um, and if you haven't played something like Infamous 2, um, there is like the plot and the, the stakes really escalate. There's like world ending kind of stuff going on there with massive, huge monsters. And again, when you think of what anime does best, and it is those kind of not necessarily over the top, but sort of exaggerated versions of it's storytelling. Because in anime, and like manga and stuff like anything's possible it's like in the same mm -hmm. way like video games that like they create these worlds and so anything becomes possible whereas like with films where it's like live action there are very much limitations obviously they can do cgi and stuff but it's like limited by like costs and, and things like that whereas like anime can kind of do whatever it wants yeah which is why i love it so much but no some, something infamous anime based similar to like I'm visualizing something. I can't remember what the Netrunners is that the name of the cyberpunk anime? Um, the, how heavily stylized that is, even via the sort of intro sequence, you know, with the opening theme playing. I can just see, you know, dramatic over the shoulder static shots of some guy <laughs> who's conjuring lightning and shooting it or something. Mm -hmm. um, I can see it. So that would be they could also do like it would be kind of fun to do some not like a My Hero Academia exactly, but like where it's like kind of set in like a high school setting as they're mm -hmm. like learning to use their powers. That would also be really cool. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of possibilities for that. And yep. I think the way that the powers manifest in that game are very colorful. And I think that that lends itself to animation so well. Mm -hmm. So that's a great pick. Um, My mind also goes a million places with this, but I think think if I, I would want to choose an anime spinoff and I think I would want to do um something in like the Born Souls franchise. Ooh, oh yeah. yeah. And like Fair really play. delve into the world and like like can you imagine like a Bloodborne anime? Like 
like it would be messed up anime but it would be like because you'd get more details into the story that like you'd actually get like like real story like concrete yeah. story that's not just like the diegetic storytelling and mm -hmm. like the ambience and oh, it'd be so cool yeah do it maybe like a a prequel about german or something that would be mm. i'd be down yeah so cool. you've sold me with blizzard albany we didn't comment on this in the in the news segment um but obviously it has been sort of widely spread around um the the games industry space that um some of the blizzard team have successfully um formed um a union um with blizzard albany qa workers seeking unionization where do you think brie that the industry is going mm. you know what honestly so I put this one in here because I I don't like I don't think we need to get like super deep into it. But the thing is, is like with the way that the games industry works, it has to unionize. Like, yeah. and I mean that like from the depths of my soul. Like, I and it's not just like the working conditions. It's not just that portion of it. Like, I think that that's a huge portion that like contributes to why the, it needs to unionize. Mm -hmm. But it's also like that companies like literally throw their employees away every three to five years. And so you have to, if like you work, so for example, like where I'm from, Utah, there's like two big studios. And if you were to get laid off at one of the studios, you could maybe go to the other one. And that's like, if you can get a job at the other one, otherwise you're moving or leaving the games industry. Mm -hmm. So when you, you have to work in these huge hubs, like California, like Washington, like you have to work in these big hubs because you have to be able to go to a different company when they drop you like once the game's done because they only need you while the game's being developed and then they go through the whole hiring cycle again for the next game. Yeah. So it, it like they have to, they have to, like there's no option forward in my opinion besides that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I think this is kind of like there is, there is a right side of this to be on. And it's what you just said. I think that, yes could there still be a version of the games industry in the future that doesn't have widespread unionization sure but it will be a far less secure safe maybe creatively fulfilling um and enticing place for new talent if there aren't the kind of assurances that unionization can provide um so yeah, I, I think, I, I hope at least that, you know, we have seen these recent examples of uh, a union succeedingly, uh, succeedingly, that's not a word, successfully, <laughs> succeeding in being formed or successfully being formed. Those were the two paths I just joined in the middle. Um, <laughs> that set a precedent, I think, that something of that caliber, um, uh, Activision Blizzard, that that was successful i think that that gives a lot of um bargaining chips for other um areas of the industry wanting to unionize um and i think that now that they've kind of paved the way we are going to see a lot more of it and that is a good thing yeah i really hope that it, it happens because like so i went to 
um, GDC a couple years back and there was like a panel about it and I was kind of on the fence because I was like oh I don't know if this makes sense but like when I was like just sitting and listening to people that actually worked in the industry and how devastated they were like with the stuff that was happening there was one guy in particular I remember that had like worked on a game um, he was a computer scientist and they kicked him like he worked on the project but they kicked him off before like the project had reached a certain point so they didn't put him in the credits so he had no proof that he had like worked on that game besides like subs basically mm. and so it's it's just stuff like that that it's like so disheartening and game developers deserve to work in like a better environment than that and think about like how much better video games would be if they could feel safe and be creative and get time off with their families <laughs> and um. like yeah i don't know i think that's like they deserve better. Mm -hmm. Amen. And segue. Do you know who else deserved better? <laughs> Before you go into it, we're <laughs> going to now move into spoilers. So if you don't want to hear spoilers for Stray, um, go away. <laughs> thank you for listening up to this point. Yeah, but thank you for listening. Go play Stray. Love you. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. Th that, that cat deserved better. <laughs> That cat is a better. That cat is so cute. Okay, so I have to say, the very first part, like when there's the other cats that you start hanging out with, I started crying immediately. Like <laughs> immediately, like like I wasn't like sobbing, but it was like full like tears down my face because like you can basically like you hit triangles like interact with these other cats and they're like they're doing like the just like the most cat things. Mm -hmm. But like I just like started crying because I was like, this is so cute. Cats are so cute. I'm so obsessed with cats. Like, oh, it's so and also it's, cute. It's it's the the looming knowledge that you know that they're going to be separated. That is actively heartbreaking. Um, in yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, I don't know. There's okay. So like, what 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 do we talk about? There's so much. Like they put so much detail and thought and like. There's so many small things in this game that make this game fantastic. For one, you can put your head in a bag. And when you put your head in a bag, you can't like walk straight anymore. Like you can't direct the cat because the cat can't see, obviously. And that's mm -hmm. such a cat thing. I can tell you with 100% certainty, I've come home to a cat with a bag stuck on its head. Like, and they couldn't get out. So like that's that is le that legit happens and like also you sc can scratch rugs you can scratch the bag of pack of couches which like in real life would piss me off I'd be like knock it off <laughs> but in the game it's like it's so satisfying to like be like yeah get it mm -hmm. <laughs> so they just put so much like love and care and detail and like this it really wasn't like like a cash grab right it was like really like they know cats they love cats and they made this game about cats yeah. it's, okay. it's one of those things where you know i think they've done a, a good job of marketing it without necessarily giving away all of the different elements uh, of the narrative and the gameplay mm. but i think that there was this misconception that it was a more polished better looking version of like uh you know, I don't want to say goat simulator, but that's the only <laughs> thing that's coming to my mind. You know, where it's just like, oh, it's kind of like a goofy game where you get to just walk around and, and be a cat. And that, yes, you, you can do that in this game, but that isn't the extent of this mm -mm. game. 
No. Um, there's a lot this of... This game is actually very hard-hitting. Um, mm -hmm. It was very, very emotional experience, and it's kind of hits back. It really hit those strings that Nier hits for me, where it's like, why are like it's like the robots versus androids thing but it's like it's you see these like robots like living out human lives because that's what they know is their creators were supposed to like do these routines and we're seeing these robots live these routines that the that the creators were um but they also have like their own emotions and they've kind of like some of them have kind of become aware um I don't know. I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, what what part were you talking about at the end that you're like, mm, what was too um, ambiguous for you? I think, you know, and, and maybe maybe it would be wrapping too much of of a bow on it, but um, essentially at the end of the game, we are in full spoilers. Uh, <laughs> you you reach a control room with this little flying drone that accompanies you, B12, um, and this this drone essentially sacrifices itself to um kickstart this this power system that opens up this dome that is encapsulating the entire city that you've traversed through through the the mm. game thus far and by doing so it also opens up the outer doors to this facility that you can then walk out of and the game ends by you just walking up a staircase and uh, eventually you lose control of the cat and the cat sort of you know does a few sniffs of the air and then it then it walks off and and that's it and i like again i'm i'm all for ambiguous things but i the fact that we don't necessarily get any indication of where the other cats are throughout the story mm. not even necessarily directly at the end but just the fact that Yes, they're there at the beginning. They they kind of lose any relevancy as a as a motivating factor. It sounds stupid. A motivating factor for the cat throughout the rest of the game, and it's yeah. almost like the way that they end it. Almost, and you you can make assumptions that maybe he you know the cat does go off and find its friends again. Um, yeah, the thing is, is that cats are really really good at finding their way home. Um, you often hear of like cats being gone for like a month, two months, three months, and then they just suddenly show up again. Mm. So I would argue that like, I, I guess I wasn't too worried about that portion of it. I didn't like really think about it too much because it just is like a cats find their way home kind of thing. So I just kind of assumed that the cat would find its way home. I don't yeah, know. That, that's fair. I suppose. I think, you know, it, it's. Obviously, this is all subjective matter of opinion, but I think that maybe just something, even if it, it could have been something as subtle as, um, obviously, like you say, for people who, who know cats and, and their tendencies, they could probably deduce that, that they are very good at, at tracking their way back to, to where they came from or whatever. But maybe if it was something as simple as when they when this the, the cat got to the top of the stairs, maybe it just saw like a little paw print in the dirt and it just went off in the direction of the paw print, something like that to indicate maybe to people who, who aren't necessarily as well versed in cats and their, their habits that, that, <laughs> that it, they are going to reunite, even if we don't get to actually see it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, just like a little, a little, 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 little fish on the end of the hook, just to be like, oh, you know, no, they did. Yeah, but the the thing home. is, is like where the entrance or like where the cat ends up isn't like anywhere near where the other cats would be, right? Because maybe, like when maybe when the, the cat cats falls, like, it like maybe you know the cats I mean? were stuck on the other side of that door trying to get in to get to their friend. The <laughs> they're time. like. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're doing the just door. the scratching. L two R two, L two R two. Oh my! I did. They use that so many times in so many clever ways. I yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I thought the ambiguity we were talking about was the stuff with like B twelve, and I, I'm like kind of okay because I don't want to know if B twelve died. Yeah, yeah. No, you know? I, I was okay with that. Um, you know, I, I felt like the the moment that they had the, the dialogue that they had or. Well, the dialogue that B12 had because the cat doesn't speak, obviously. Um, it's a cat. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you notice the, that you can meow in cutscenes? You can. You can. I love that. I was meowing incessantly. All the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. Just didn't stop. Just yep. aggravating. I, I was like, I'm going to piss off as many people as I can. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I was fine with the B12 thing. And I think that the sort of final moments that it had were, were, moving and and satisfying enough like i felt like there wasn't necessarily that much more they could do with b12 without explicitly going like i was once a human named brian um and yeah, having some sort of flashback or something yeah. it's it's kind of an interesting storyline though because like we have to since we haven't seen any signs of humans at all besides like photos and like history like we haven't seen anything at all yeah um we kind of have to assume that humans are gone and B12 was the last like quote unquote human. Mm -hmm. um, and so is humanity completely over? Like, like there's no humans left. What does humanity really mean if like the robots are living human lives? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like there's a lot of layers in that. And I think there's a lot to think about with the story that I wasn't really ready for in a like $30 cat game. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, absolutely. So I don't know. They just there's a, there's a lot to think about, and I don't think there's necessarily any answers, but it does give you time to think about it. So what did you what did you think about the Zerks? I really want to know more, yeah. and I don't know how much I missed on that. Like exactly, I just they they have to be because they were made as a cleaning system. Mm -hmm. But they, because they were made to clean everything, like they clean everything, like they don't really have that distinction. So the, I don't think that they're necessarily like, they're not evil. They just are doing like what they were created to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I just wish like we had had maybe a little bit more information on because we kind of have an idea of where they came from. I don't know. I think there's just so, like, I want more, but I don't know what direction I want more. Yeah. Like, you know, I there's a, a section where in the game where you're traversing through through sewers. And I should probably clarify what Zerks are for people who might not know. They are like <laughs> little head crab type things. Like little um, blobs. Like, little, they little almost look like, with... what's that fish? <laughs> look like that fish i think that it's literally called a blobfish <laughs> yeah i think that's literally what they're called yeah blobfish um, that's like risen to the surface and gotten all bloated that's what they yeah, look like got, got with one legs. big little eye 
big little that's a that's a double negative um <laughs> big one big eye and then like tiny little legs and they scuttle around and if you let them get too close to you they they jump on you attach and if you don't shake them off quick enough then they can kill you um but it's like there's a section in when you go down into the sewers and you mm. can you you encounter like this horde of zerks and then there's like massive eyeballs yeah as you say then there's the eyes and yeah. i was like i i don't know what that means what does that mean what because yeah. they're not they're not identical to what the the regular zerk's eyes look like so it's like is that is that indicating that this is some other kind of creature that just happens to be able to manipulate the zerks because it's not even necessarily clarified that they do have any interaction whatsoever other than the fact that they appear mainly in the same place and so yeah, like, and they kind of like follow you. Yeah. You're right. They're very ambiguous about that. I was like, what that that's super interesting that there's this uh -huh. like weird, ambiguous organism living below this city. But the, again, unless we miss something, which I'm I don't think I did because I was quite thorough. Um I have Yeah, you it. yeah, I was gonna say you've platinumed it. So anything um, that the, the developers intended you to platinum day of release. <laughs> <laughs> um that's not something i should be proud of um uh it, like i just i feel like there is again what i said right at the beginning that there's kind of like this line between ambiguous too ambiguous and just ambiguous enough and i feel like they teeter that line a lot and they sort of flip-flop back and forth with certain things like the b12 stuff i'm fine with um you know, the idea of are there any humans left that being left ambiguous, also fine with. But then there's things like that and, and the, the Zerks and what's going on at the eyeballs, just an evolved form of the Zerks, in, in which case, why didn't I get chased by a giant one of those? Why didn't oh my, one of them detach off the wall and scramble after me, you know? Yeah, I mean, the other thing is that the eyes look completely different than what's on the Zerks. They're much more detailed. So who knows if this is like a different species, like a mother species, like <gasps> maybe, uh, like... maybe the, those giant eyeballs are like some mutated version of whatever's left of humanity. Maybe, you know, maybe. Yeah, I was I was thinking like it could have something to do with the humans. You're right. There is a out... lot of ambiguity left there. And they're sending know. out the Zerks to get rid of all the 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 robots so that they can come back and take over again maybe maybe but again like they're just blobs what they're gonna do you know yeah they're just eyeballs that's <laughs> that's true they are just eyeballs i think i did think about i think i have one complaint about the game and i don't know what the solution is my biggest mm -hmm. complaint is i needed a map I needed a way to be able to tell where I was going because I I got I don't normally get lost in games like even in like Bloodborne like any from software game I don't get lost in those games. I got so lost in this game where I'd be like okay I know I need to go there but I don't really see like a path up that way. So then you like go down and then you'd like wander around to try and get up that building and then I'd get turned around. I don't know if that was just me and I don't necessarily have a solution because I don't think like a straightforward map would have just worked. Mm. Um, because there's too much 3D maneuvering. Yeah. Um, or I guess I should say vertical maneuvering. Obviously, it's 3D. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, 
I wanted something to like not be as lost because I think I missed a lot of the like memory pieces for B12 simply because I couldn't figure out where I had already been. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't get lost. Um, <laughs> but then th like, that's not reflective of I'm better at video games. Than you, oh I no, I no, That's exactly what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said it, not me. Uh, yeah. I won't deny it. <laughs> the only, the only, thing i mean to be fair to to clarify actually um i shouldn't big myself up too much there were moments where i was a bit um disoriented but i i mean did you know that if you hit down on a d-pad b12 pops out and he gives you like a hint yeah but the hint is so vague it is, and it, it doesn't is help vague. find like those like little tiny memories no so maybe maybe like a potential workaround if if we're thinking of a fix to that potential complaint would be something like maybe if you like double tap down on the D-pad, he shoots out and maybe um maybe instead of giving you the hint, maybe if you just press down on the D-pad, he pops out and sort of starts flying in the direction of the main objective. But if you yeah. double press down on the D-pad or, or something similar he would aim towards the closest collectible. Yeah. Something like that. Or like even some, yeah, exactly. Something that just like gives you like a hint of like, yeah, mm -hmm. there's like X amount of things nearby. Yeah. Kind of thing. Cause they have like the, like the highlighting in the memories where it's like this section has this amount of memories, but then yeah. I would accidentally leave a place and be like, oh, well now I can't get that memory. Yeah. The signposting between areas is kind of weird because when you first leave Midtown, the, the not Midtown, um, the the dead city the, the 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 first hub area you reach you interact with a robot and then after doing a few things for them they let you out into the infected part of the city and i i my heart sank because i was like i know that i've <laughs> missed things luckily mm -hmm. you can't you do actually double back and you can go back into that um, original hub area but um, no, it is weird that sometimes you can very clearly tell like, okay, that seems like a point of no Yeah, return. the guy's like, hey, have you done everything? Because I'm blocking you out. Exactly. <laughs> but not um, all the places have that. Yeah, th those. I think those kind of things are obviously they're, they're relatively minor complaints in the grand scheme of things. Yes, very minor. They would help to improve the overall gameplay experience, I mm -hmm. think. Um, there is something to be said for like the immersiveness of, of kind of just getting lost in the city, but mm -hmm. on an actual player level, it can't it, just let me like toggle the map like on my second playthrough so that way, like, I don't have to like sit on like guides. And, like, mm -hmm. Yeah, know. no, absolutely. Huh. Or even, even if there was like a holographic billboard somewhere in the hub area that gave you a map overview, you know, so you not necessarily would have access to it all the time so that you wouldn't necessarily rely on it but that if you were mm -hmm. actively struggling to find something specific be it a collectible or a main objective you could go to this designated point and be like hmm, okay so yeah. i'm here i need to go that way that way that way the thing is that i'm kind of interested in is, is that's like a really theoretically easy fix so i'm wondering if that's something that they could like patch in if there's like enough complaints about it because like i no. don't know <laughs> I need help. I like want to platinum it, but I'm like dreading it because I'm like, I don't, I don't even know where I got like lost. Like, I don't know what parts I missed. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There is, there is some sneaky stuff. My, quite a lot of the collectibles are, are quite easily displayed, but there are a couple that I was like, that 
if I didn't just stumble upon this, I got lucky. Like there, there would have been no way that I would have found this had I not just on a whim decided, to, hey, maybe if I jump on this thing, see what happens. And I was like, oh, wait, no, this lets me reach this specific area that I couldn't have gotten to otherwise, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, which is great, like emergent gameplay. But yes. if you are somebody who wants to 100% something like this, which we both are, then it's like, yeah, it's a pain. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to 100% it. I have zero platinum. You'll do it. So. I believe. I believe. Mm -hmm. If any, I if, will... if you're going to want to platinum any game, I would imagine it would be straight. Oh, yeah. Cats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the complaints, though, we both <laughs> still adore Stray. Um, yeah, absolutely recommend it. Absolutely thoroughly recommend. If you have PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium, you have access to it for free quote unquote um <laughs> so again please do try it out give the the devs their support um show them some love you know like if you if you really enjoy it maybe maybe tag them in, on twitter in a nice message mm -hmm. something like that that'd be nice yeah. anyway that wraps it up for this week's no limits everyone thank you so much for listening again you can find us on youtube at save the game media if you aren't watching there already uh, and don't forget to check out our discord if you want to hang out with us we are all very active on there most of the time we have plenty of laughs uh, in the various channels <laughs> so all many arguments <laughs> oh don't, don't, don't tell argument. them that it'll put them off um, no it's fun arguments <laughs> they are they are funny arguments um the links to all of that relevant stuff is in the description that includes patreon um and our link tree to to audio feeds as well but in the meantime Bree, where can people find you you can find me on twitch please come hang out with me um it's at fabulist brianna b-r-e-a-n-n-a -N -N -A. and people can find me on twitter at sam heaney that is h-e-a-n-e-y but until next week when taylor graciously returns to us <laughs> And we will, we will hunt him down for some some stray thoughts. Just so you mm -hmm. people are aware, we want to know. We will be talking about stray again. <laughs> yes, this isn't a one and done. Mm -hmm. But until then, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>